Hi folks, I'm Alan Watton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 22nd of February 2011. Now, newcomers to the show, and there's always newcomers coming in all the time, they should look at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios that are there for download. Remember, all those sites you see listed have the same audios, and if you find sticking on the com site, try the alternate sites that are listed there. They all carry transcripts too in English of a lot of the talks I've given for download and print-up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, you'll see on that com site listed the Sentinel site. That's that's Alan Watts Sentinel.eu, and you can help yourself to a variety that's offered there. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so you have to help keep me going. And uh, I'd appreciate if you buy the books and the discs I have for sale on the website. I don't ask advertisers to come on. If I did, I'd get paid to do it. And that's how it generally works. But I'm doing it the, the lone wolf way, and uh, it doesn't. It's not so easy to get by. Believe you me, when you're depending on folk to buy the occasional book here, or there, or give you a donation of a few bucks. So it's up to you to keep me going and uh, keep the site going as well. A lot of work goes into it. It's seven days a week. Believe you me, there's no breaks here. But we're going through the most extraordinary times in history as we go into the new system, a completely brand new system where you'll be monitored and basically worked by experts from even pre-birth to conception to death, ultimately, in the eugenical society which they hope to bring in. And you're going to live, most of you will live through seeing all this come to pass. And, of course, it's a global agenda. It's for the entire planet, that surprise. And, of course, we're being discarded along the way as the last tax bucks are sucked out of us to pay for it all. So help me out, too, as I say, going to cuttingthreemates.com. From the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check to order. You can use an international postal money order from your post office to order. You can also use PayPal. Just use the donation button you'll see in the comm site and follow it by an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you across the world. PayPal again for ordering and donation. Remember, you can donate as well. A, a dollar here and there really does not go amiss, believe you me. And um, you can also use Western Union and MoneyGram. Some people just send cash, and that gets through too. And we are going through the greatest changes, uh, amazing planned changes. You can get the hints of it going back to the 1700s, as uh, the philosophers were thrown forward, really, into the public lights, always backed by big groups and very wealthy people who had an agenda already planned, but they needed the writers and authors to come forth and start the revolutions going into creating a new thing, which eventually today is called democracy, something which is very elastic, keeps changing its meaning. And you must remember that the first democracies had was only for the, the, the wealth of the people, the landed gentry, the aristocracy, and uh, eventually, it was about World War I, I think, people in Britain got the votes, even if they just rented their accommodation. That was part of their payback for getting slaughtered for the bankers. But that's what we are, really, peasants in a big global plantation. 
And believe you me, your masters are internationalists. They're also Darwinists. They believe in survival of the fittest. And they've teamed up with all the other top families across the planet. Uh, and they're all on board, the ones who've collected the wealth uh, and sucked it from billions of people through centuries. And that's the big club that runs the world today. Now they're going for all the resources. They own most of it. A handful of companies really own it all. Really a handful of people, if you really look into the major shareholders of uh, energy and so on across the world. It's quite amazing to see the same names crop up over and over and over. Other ones are done through proxies and front men. Now, that's the music coming in, so I'll come back with tonight's talk after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and I've gone on about the techniques that are used in our minds, basically, because everything is perception and perception management, and uh, some of the, the, the higher universities, the Ivy League ones, are way ahead in teaching to the future helpers, to the rulers, those ones who end up in high bureaucratic positions in the CIA and so on, they're to teach them perception management, it's very, very important uh, to realize that pretty well everything that's fed to you by mainstream is all part of creating certain perceptions on things. It's interesting to even look at um, pharmacology, for instance. You never think of pharmacology as having teams of journalists on board permanently to hand out positive information, as they call it, to the public. And what they do is they hand it to the newspapers who quite happily print them in their papers and and give glowing reports on their drugs and so on, or inoculations, same thing too, they do that with them too. But they they employ hundreds of journalists to do this kind of stuff. And that's to alter your perception, because after all, there's no independent inquiry to find if this stuff really works or if it's harmful or whatever. And I've gone through some of the talks before where they've released some information on this and investigations into these companies to find out that they literally pay people to lie, and quite blatantly too. To con the public. Remember, too, the media is not bound by any law to tell you the truth. And that, that was something that came out of the High Court in the U.S., the Supreme Court, when someone took uh, something to the, the top over a news um, series that was getting done. Uh, these journalists took it to the top because their bosses had basically banned them from going any further on a particular topic because it involved some big heavyweights like Monsanto. And the judge said that the news does not have to tell you any truth. There's nothing in law to say so. News is news, you know. It's just, it's just info, it's data. And you're controlled by the data too, and what kind of data they, can, they, they scatter at you. And they have lots of terms in psychology and in behaviorism and all the different sciences that are involved in neuroscience and neuroeconomics, uh, etc., that are all working together with governments to make sure that everyone's trained generation by generation into believing the proper things. You see, the proper things. Technically, technically we really are all insane, prattling nonsense to each other, thinking we're all quite normal, because we're all prattling the same bits and bytes of data to each other and nodding our heads solemnly because some famous person said it on the news show. Must be true. 
And that's how we judge your sanity. There's nothing given to the public today. There hasn't been for an awful long time because these sciences were really well evolved in the late 1800s and then into the 20th century. Uh, you, you'll find they were racing ahead on control of the minds of millions of people via the media. The media is an essential part, an essential part, an arm of government. And those who own the big money supply own the government. So that's what Rothschild said. I don't care. It says, give me the control of the money supply. I don't care who you get in to rule. Because obviously, whoever come in to rule would have to obey the banker he borrows from. It's like the International Monetary Fund. When they come in to give you special drawing rights, by the way, they're doing that to all the countries. Now, every country gets... This is where they're heading, where you'll have to go to them for your special drawing rights. They also have a say and what laws you will put through in your government and force the people under. That's standard with the IMF. It's not, not a straight bank loan. There are many conditions to it, and part of it is to make sure that they control your country once they've done it, once they're in. And I've talked to ad nauseum about the Council on Foreign Relations. This private organization it's just the American counterpart. It's a branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a system set up by big international moneylenders again in London, starting off with Cecil Rhodes, who joined with Rothschild to form the Rhodes Foundation. They merged with the Milner, Alfred Milner Foundation. Alfred Milner was actually eventually elevated to Lord, but he was a banker really from Germany. And they formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Round Table Societies, and they used the British Empire as the nucleus for setting up a world system of, under the con of democracy. And that was also used to set up the League of Nations. They funded that into existence. They still control it today. It's now called the United Nations. And the United Nations is the big hub where all the laws are passed from and your presidents and prime ministers sign them, without asking you your permission uh, to, to go ahead with it, whatever it happens to be. But the Council of Foreign Relations are also the guys who are behind the amalgamation of Europe into one system. They were working on that before World War II ended. In fact, some of the writers, according to uh, Professor Carl Quigley, um, some of the writers were already writing about it before World War II. They wanted a united Europe under a singular, powerful government. It's astonishing that Karl Marx talked about the same thing in the 1800s. And that was to be followed by an amalgamated Americas. Well, they're using the, the this nonsense of the, the, the war on terror to make it happen for North America. And they're also going ahead full steam with the amalgamation of the Far East and the Pacific Rim areas. But it's all done under guise and, again, perception management. It's amazing how many people die every day in car accidents in the U.S., but one guy supposedly, supposedly, and it was a fake, of course, with the underwear bomb they had on, supposedly, who was photographed and filmed in his whole journey, and he was even allowed on a plane without a passport, helped on by a CIA fellow. Well, that, that got what the message through, they got what they wanted. But the fact is that had more publicity than anything else that, ever, that was ever happening at that particular time with folk dying of other things. As I say, even the traffic accidents. 
so they can they can bend your mind, sway your mind, and get the whole country changed until literally you're living in a system of institutionalized terror control or propagation. And that's what we're in today. And the Council on Foreign Relations is a big, big part of this because every president and prime minister since the late 1800s, according to Carl Quigley, has been a member of this society even before it was called the Council on Foreign Relations. It's had many names down through centuries. And from their own website, they're giving out sort of cheer, cheer, rah-rah on the extension of the Patriot Act powers. And who writes it up? Well, it's the Senior Fellow for Law and Foreign Policy at the CFR. It says his name is Waxman. I don't think it's related to Al Waxman or not. But anyway, it says, Waxman, in an effort to allow further debate, uh, Congress recently voted to push back by 90 days the February 28th expiration date of three controversial provisions of the Patriot Act. The provisions which critics say create civil liberty concerns. I wonder who the critics are. Include roving wiretaps, increased access to business records, and so-called lone wolf tracking capabilities. They represent some of the enhanced surveillance powers established after 9-11 to help law enforcement conduct counter-terrorism BS. That's with the BS in there, because that's what it is. You're so fed up reading this rubbish. This is Matthew Waxman, a CFR expert on law and foreign policy from this private organization that runs your country, expects all three provisions to be extended into the near future, but suggests there remains a major question concerning the adequacy of oversight for these powers. He explains that expirations built into these types of laws help keep government in check by triggering renewed uh, debate based on experience. In supporting these extensions, he adds, the Obama White House is seeking continuity with much of the counter-terrorism policies advocated by the Bush administration. Actually, they've gone a little bit further. They're they're, they're putting this onto every person in the U.S. and Canada. Now they're all merged, really, uh, because they're using the same databases as we are. They share their computers with Canada. Anyway, it says... In the immediate aftermath of 9-11, Congress overwhelmingly passed the first Patriot Act. Actually, they said it was unpatriotic if you read it. And all the prostitutes, you know, just went along with it. Bar three, I think. Which did a few things. It gave national security investigators more powers to collect information inside the U.S. It also reduced restrictions on the sharing of that information within the government. For example, between law enforcement agencies and intelligence agencies. These reforms were seen as important to remedy pre-September 11 deficiencies or obstacles that may have prevented the government from connecting the dots necessary to prevent terrorist attacks. Well, they're not in the business of preventing them. They wanted them. And I'm sure they had a lot to do with setting them up in the first place because they could not have brought in this stage of their new world order, as Bush Papa said so. He called it that. And without it, everything was ready to go except there's no terror going on. How do you get it through? You've got to cause something to happen. And bingo, these are the luckiest guys on the planet. They always get what they want. Some provisions of the Patriot Act are set to expire unless Congress passes a bill to renew them. One of those provisions, for example, gives government national security investigators greater powers to obtain business records in the course of investigations. It's actually to make sure that they get every last cent of tax from everybody. Another gives the government the authority to obtain roving wiretaps. These are seen as necessary to keep up with changing technology as a way to avoid having to get a new warrant each time a suspect changes his communication device. And then the final, it's absolute rubbish that, because you see they have, they have voice decoders for everybody on the planet. If you've used a phone, they have your voice print. 
and it's automatic who you are. It says, and then the final one, which is complicated and was actually added a few years after the first Patriot Act, is the so-called lone wolf provision. It says these are basically uh, two tiers of legal restrictions on government surveillance powers inside the U.S. There's one set of rules for fighting crime, where the restrictions on government surveillance are quite high. The government, in order to monitor communications of a suspect, has to go to a judge, etc., etc., etc. You all know that story. For that kind of surveillance, the government goes to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court and only has to meet a lower standard in order to get a warrant to monitor communications. It's all rubbish, that, because the NSA doesn't ask anybody to monitor them, and uh, they monitor everybody across the world. So, but this is the rubbish that we're fed, you see. this You're going to understand, George Orwell put it very well. He says there's always an inner party and an outer party. And this rubbish here... Uh, is meant for the outer party and the cattle down beneath them. We all know what's going on. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Last night I talked about the techniques used where they can use computers and software to make you think you're being bombarded by emails and messages from lots and lots of people. But in actual fact, they're used by intelligence agencies. And in a sense, we're all getting the same stuff. But this is more personalized, the stuff I'm talking about and how they target people. Now, there are individuals who make the software and are well rewarded under this present system of terror, terror everywhere, and not a drop to be seen. But anyway, uh, this is the, the, they make their living off this stuff, and I'm putting up links tonight. One is called Swarming, by a guy who's into uh, stigmerging systems, they call it. It's like someone with bad eyesight, you know. But it says, using objects-oriented programming techniques, multiple copies of software agents can be created the agents with independent means of communication, recognition, and processing abilities can be programmed to work as a group to collecti- collectively perform a complex uh, task that's bombarding you. This activity often resembles the swarming activities of insect colonies and can be used in association with stigmergic systems. And then it, it prattles on about it, uh, more and more. And then it says... Um, a typical, a typical use of swarming agents is swarming agents for pattern recognition, a proposed application for the surveillance of real-time data to detect possible terrorist activity. And they use algorithms and so on. And actually, it's so realistic, you'll think you're communicating with actual people. You can ask some questions and, and it'll send answers back to you and so on. That might be, in fact, I'll even read your, your own uh, persona. I'll know exactly how you are and what will appeal to you. Because they monitor you for, for long enough, you put all your data out there, you use the internet every day, and they have your, 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 your personal um, database just on you, on, on your whole persona, so they can actually target it right at you and say nice things and things that will interest you, stuff like that. That's how far ahead it all is. And you think they gave you the computer so that you could enjoy yourself and become enlightened. But I'll put another link up too from the same character, and he goes into the stigmergic systems on the web in more detail. And 
how they work together and different systems can work with other systems and all bombard you. The same stuff is being used for, for bombarding people too who believe they're in uh, bringing democracy to the world with these color revolutions and stuff like that too. They're all being guided just by a few people yeah, that appear to be hundreds. They're all being guided by agents, in other words. So I'll put those links up for you to let you know what's... You've got to be so careful now. You don't know if it's a real person or not that's communicating to you and sending you your little tweets, etc. Now, there's Tom from Wisconsin on the line. Are you there, Tom? I'll take you now. Yeah, I'm here, Alan. Um, yep. uh, I was calling tonight because I'm always interested in trying to find the highest reality that is in existence. And I understand uh, just conceptually here that uh, the highest reality dictates what the lower realities are ultimately, and um, the lower real the lower realities that exist near the the sort of side issues that people get stuck on and, and things like that um, they're always a an end uh, a means to an end, and the end is the high reality. And um, lately, I've come to sort of the understanding that it is the transhumanist uh, eugenics system that is ultimately the high reality and what what is being done with genetic manipulation all over the world now being financed by the banking elite um, I realize I, I'm, I'm thinking that's the high reality and I wanted to get your uh, opinion on on that idea well you're, you're right on with that because you have to go into the writings of players and front men again uh, you understand just like today uh, governments hire hundreds and thousands of novelists, for instance. Governments pay for lots and lots of movies to get put out there because, you see, your culture and what's drummed into you, will sh even through fictional form, will actually sh shake your reality and change it. And it's always been that way. And H.G. Wells was a big player in his time for the same group I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And he wrote about the perfect utopia that would come out of this for them, of course, for an elite. And he... He hated the lower classes in an awful way, uh, even though technically he was his mother was one step from the door of joining them at one point. She was actually a housemaid for a, um, an aristocratic family. And so he, was a, he had a terror all his life for, for actually ending up on the street and working in a factory. So he, he ended up hating factory people and ordinary folk. So he was an ideal candidate to, to pick. They always pick the disaffected to really push it, someone with a chip on their shoulder. It could be sexual, it could be whatever it is, to push the agenda. That's what they do. And uh, Wells um, wrote a modern utopia and how this system would be set up after they eliminated all the, the wrong kinds of people uh, gradually over maybe a century or more and how they'd, they'd sterilize them, in fact. Well, they're not just sterilizing you through the usual methods of blatant surgery. Uh, we've been sterilizing dogs and so on and cats for, for years now uh, with uh, chemicals, chemical sterilization. They're doing the same with humans as well. That's why the sperm count is plummeting. You see, they don't need all the laborers across the world anymore, the, the, the semi-skilled peoples that used to work the factories. They've got China set up to do all that, and they set up China. And so they plan to basically bump off all the, the lower ones that are left. You've got to understand, this is a science and it's a religion they believe in. Um, evolution and Darwinism is a religion. It's, it's completely intertwined with Marxism. And it joins in with the big bankers' philosophies of economics perfectly, 
There's no conflict there at all. And hang on, and I'll talk about this when I come back from this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking to Tom from Wisconsin about eugenics and the, the big plan. And uh, you'll find, as I say, in H.G. Wells' A Modern Utopia, how they would sterilize folk down through the ages until they're, they're perfect society. But what they're also after for the, the, the guys who already ruled them, and you understand their religion. Religion is eugenics. It's eugenics and Darwinism and Marxism all combined. They all stem from the same root. Uh, with the the belief that, and this was already established, as I say, in the 19th century, they'd already believed that those who had attained wealth, great wealth and power, and intermarried through selection, not not just any sort of natural, but selection. Natural selection to them is different. Natural selection is marrying your own kind, say the daughter of a wealthy banker uh, who's been inbred for generations. They've held on to their wealth and their power for generations. It hasn't been squandered by some wayward son along the way. That's how they, they, they decide who is fit to join the big world club. And um, they also believe that science should rule uh, on their behalf, not over them, but on their behalf, beneath them. It ties in with the philosophy of Plato and the Republic, with his guardian class, and then those who would help the guardian class, then the military class underneath that, all specially bred for their tasks. And that's almost where we are today. When you look at Washington, D.C., if you look at Ottawa uh, for Canada, and you look at London, England, in the city, you'll find that the bureaucracies there are basically interbred. They're inter- been interbred for you. All they mix with is their, is their own kind. That was already happening when their U.S. Constitution was, was, was first set up. They said there would be no nepotism, and in no time at all, Franklin and others were trying to get their sons in it, into government, you see, for hereditary classes. So this is a standard thing that's happened. But at the top of this, 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 this belief is that they, they are the natural inheritors of the world since they have held on to power. Everyone runs and, and uh, beneath them, uh, running after cash, which they dole out to them one way or another because they're in charge of the distribution of... Remember the distribution of, of wealth it also comes from the top. They're the ones who, who decide, get your, your governments to decide what wealth is, number one. And once they decide what it is, then obviously the guys at the top already own it. And they will allow no other competitors, you see. It could be, it could be rice, it could be anything at all, it could be seashells, it doesn't matter, as long as they have the right to rule over it. And then they set up their, their, their central banking system, which is like a cabal again, all interrelated with other countries and the World Bank and the IMF to control the whole world. This is what they call their natural evolution for themselves. And they believe they'll be the victors eventually. But they are, again, concerned that we, you see, the rest of the public, uh, that are the lesser people who are left behind. In other words, the gene pool at present, if you haven't made it to the top, they claim then you will never get anybody coming out of that gene pool getting to the top. They're not worthy anymore. It's the junk genes. We're all junk genes at the bottom, if you, if you haven't got there already. 
That's literally believe this nonsense. I've heard some of them talking about it. And um, they plan to go off into the future. And I was reading some of the stuff from Darwin, and he talked about how to get an oak tree to grow. You have There's a bit of soil there, and different bacterium come in, different bugs will come in, aerate the soil, worms come in, then another mold will come in, then more bugs will come in and, and bacterium and work the soil, and then that, that, uh, that, that uh, has, has a chance, that little germinating seed has a chance to grow, and, and that's what they call evolution. Each thing dies off in its turn. The insects die off, the bacterium dies off, everything dies off, and, and that's the sacrifice that's made for the great tree to grow. That's how they, they word this kind of stuff. We are all expendable. We have brought society up to this level through thousands of years. Conflict, all the rest of it, we've fought all their wars for them. We've worked their factories during the industrial era. They've moved all, everything offshore, so we're left behind, basically, without much of a function except to pay taxes and fight the last of their wars for them. And, uh, and, but then we must die off in turn. And really, it's when you compare it, this whole like, eugenics idea, compare it with Hinduism, you get a, a jolt because it's identical pretty well to Hinduism. Compare the two. They believe in Hinduism, we all start off as sort of primeval whatever in some muddy swamp, and then you evolve from there through incarnations, etc., etc. It's so similar that you can't simply dismiss the two at all. And I think a lot was borrowed through Freemasonry, for instance, into, and there's no doubt about that, even according to Albert Pike, into um, their particular religion of elitists at the top. And that's how they validate what they do. And they do believe, um, just like any farmer, if, if the price of, of pork goes up and there's too many pigs, they'll cull off the pigs, you see, uh, rather than sell them. It's not worth keeping them and keeping them fed because the price might not go up for a long time. So you certainly kill them off. And that's how dispassionately they look at the general population of the world right now. And if all these scientists, as I say, now that they've superseded all religions, uh, that science was the rise to the top, as, as Aldous Huxley said, and Bertrand Russell said, Bertrand Russell said, this will be a scientific form of dictatorship. And he says it will, it will be absolutely um, terrible in the way it, it, it works and processes itself and society. It will be ruthless, he said. No mercy in science, you see. There's no such thing as personal soul or, or, or speciality of a human being at all in science. You're another animal. And, and now you're a lower animal because you're at the bottom of the gene pool. And therefore, they said at the same time, if there's is to be a dictatorship, I'd rather it be a scientific one. Well, that's what they have got in store. And that's why Marxism, which brings in socialism, which brings in massive government intrusion into the system that was, the family life, the community life, the national life, and it, and it grows like a cancer with bureaucrats and agencies. That's why it was so essential, and that's why the bankers pushed that whole system. Because, you see, not so long ago, the, the government could not come into the home. What families did was their own business. That was it, period. Uh, they couldn't, governments couldn't just pick off somebody off the street, as they used to do in the feudal days, and hang them from a tree. If you were called a villain, a villain was anybody who was a serf. They called you a villain. And they, that there's no laws against them grabbing you and hanging you for whatever. They, if you felt like doing it, the Lord would do it. Christianity, in its later phases, for the first time gave some respectability to every person. 
and they had to go through at least a formula of a court hearing or something uh, and give you some respect before they'd find you guilty and then go and hang you. <laughs> but when that's gone, there's nothing left. You're just an animal, according to all the textbooks. It's been reinforced through every generation now. You're just an animal. And animals can be disposed of. And, of course, when they bring in economics with it and their their, their various um, uh, ways of explaining economics, which suits them, of course, which is a way to bend the mind, mind to do with natural resources, they're really talking about the resources they want for themselves to go off into the future. Because in Darwinism, they believe that the lesser evolved must be destroyed if the, if the higher evolved have to go on, exactly the same as Hinduism. And if you come through into their system with them, you will then bring them down. That's what Charles Galton Darwin was talking about in his book, The Next Million Years, published in the 1950s. That's, that was their biggest fear. They're really serious about this. And that's why, as I say, the great coincidence, as it's called, of sterility just sweeping across the Western world since the 1950s and the first polio vaccines happened. Uh, it's just amazing that they can't find out why. And there's no curiosity either at the top to find out why. Well, it's because it's planned that way. Believe you me, if they didn't plan it, they'd, be, they'd find out damn quick what was causing it all. Because they must be in control all the time of everything, you see. So eugenics is a big, big part of it. And... Um, they did talk for a long time in the 30s and 40s and 50s in some of their books that, that they could have special selection for the peasant class uh, and, and mate them up, the better ones, they said, with more skills and so on, with, with, the, with the better women who also had similar skills, breeding us like animals, again, exactly as Plato talked about in the Republic. And then they started to lose faith in this particular method, and so they've decided basically we're written off. But it will take us maybe 60 years to be at that level. It'll be continuous, uh, high cancer rates, uh, mass sterility on the way down. And we've already got that, by the way. The average doctor today is taught in college and in university uh, a new reality. They always give them new realities in every generation. And the new reality is that cancer is, for everybody, is normal. There's no curiosity as to find out why it's suddenly normal and why it was not normal 50 years ago to have the plethora of cancers we have today. That also tells me that it's planned. Hello? Yeah, Alan, I've, I've, I have two more questions, then, and I'll get off the line and I'll take your responses. Um, I also come to believe that if I don't have children, they win. And yeah. also, too, I'm wondering... What do you think about their messing with the genetic pool and what that could end up causing, even in, in their own destruction? I mean, they, they obviously have the hubris to think that they'll come through with all their bunkers and their storage of food and, and their supposed seed banks, you know, where it's very cold. But I really question their their sanity in thinking that they could seriously alter the genetic pool of the planet and not end up being affected by being of the old type, even though they mm-hmm. think that they're more evolved than we are. Well, they're not dumb, again. They have literally thousands of think tanks working in all these areas. They have laboratories all over the place. They've got all your universities working for them. All your universities work for them through minor grants matched but tenfold by the public taxpayer. But So we do all the work for them, really. But the, the, the data gets fed upwards, again, in a pyramid uh, structure. 
and they truly believe that they can overcome any problems in the foreseeable future, and they're definitely prepared for every problem that could possibly emerge. Anything that happens from now on, they're claiming. When they're giving out the forecast for the next 50 years through think tanks that work with the military and think tanks that work for NATO, and they published 90 pages, as I say, two, two years ago, I put up in my archive section, what they see happening in the next 50 years. Anything that will happen in that report means they will make it happen. Not because it's going to happen by itself. They will make it happen. If you're in control, you don't wait for something to happen. You make it happen instead. And that way you're in control of it. You can lead it in the, in the, in the proper direction. And that's how they work. We're not dealing with, with people who are simply sitting around sipping brandy and making the odd suggestion to each other. Everything is tried and tested in, in the microcosmic level before it's put into the macrocosmic level. And they're, they're dead serious in what they, they can achieve and accomplish. Even China uh, is it's a manu- it's now set up to be the manufacturer for the whole planet, something, by the way, that Marx touched on uh, in a way. And the one manufacturer for the world is really what they were after. And when you look at it, China itself will eventually have to bring down it in its own policies very harshly. As we are dying off and we're not, we're not allowed to consume, we're down to austerity levels, that's where it's going, uh, then they'll have to start cutting back on their own working staff. And even they expect riots there with massive layoffs and so on uh, as they stop producing so much for us to consume. So they've worked all this stuff out on strategy boards. Well, it's all done with computers now, and it's pretty well perfect, as long as they stay in charge of it all. But you're dealing with the ultimate arrogance of an elite who've been an elite for an awful long time, whose children are brought up with a totally different reality than, than anything you'd ever imagine. It's beyond science fiction. And even the children are not allowed into the higher realms of understanding until they're well-tested over the years to know if they can keep their mouths shut in public. So uh, this is where they're going with it all. There, all the rest of it at this level that I'm even reading here tonight is just for, the, for all the general mass down below. Most of what we're getting today, as, as you can see on the news, is trivia and recycled news. The new technique is, is to shield politicians from having tomatoes thrown at them, even psychologically or metaphorically speaking. And so we're hearing nothing from the politicians and most of the countries. And we simply get little releases uh, from the, the on high down to below of, of laws getting passed, etc., and nothing else. So there's, this is the new form of government uh, governance, as they call it. The, the politicians are allowed to get on with signing our lives away in secrecy and and not making public uh, appeals or, or, or speeches to the public so much anymore. This is a new form of governance, if, if people haven't noticed. It's been happening for months now. And all we're getting fed at the bottom is just utter, dire trivia. But thanks for calling. And uh, there's another caller on the line, but I don't see his name there. Is he still there? Hello? Is it Cedric, was it, from Illinois? Caller from Chicago. Yes, okay. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, we, right now they have the Rahm Emanuel election, and it's a joke. This guy come in, he walked through the uh, black community, took a few pictures, went on the air, uh, shook a few hands, then he put all the, uh, the uh, commercials on TV to make it look like he was really for the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now they got all, all a lot of black people wanting to vote for him, and it's funny how the Democrats exed out 
Uh, they were saying how they exed out the other black candidates so he could be the, the consensus one. Yes. Now they got all the black people voting for him. You know what I'm saying? When he don't yeah. really even, never even been to our community. But it, it, it's funny how my people don't really see what's going on. Not everyone's trained into their camp. It doesn't matter what country you go to either. They're all trained into their camp. And, uh, I mean, I mean, supposedly democracy, supposedly, in, especially in the American Constitution, which is a Republican form of government, it meant that you selected someone from your area that you knew. Someone whose door you could go to and, and knock on it and talk to him. Selecting him to go off and represent your area. It's all changed. Uh, and they bring them in from outside now. They don't, they don't have to even live in this state anymore. Oh, yeah. You know what? Because they did that with that dude, Alan Keyes, to run against somebody. They brought him from Maryland. Yes. To Illinois to run for. I forgot what uh, office it was, but uh, you're definitely right. And I want to make another thing. You put me up on the, when they dropped the dengue fever on the uh, population in Oakland. Yeah. They also did one up here uh, where they gave the people some type of uh, stuff for their lawn. And they told it was for their lawn, and then it ended up being something else. They had yes. an article on it, and uh, I noticed the media did never play it. And they did it to the people on the south side in a real poor section in East St. Louis, Lincoln, in Illinois. They yeah. never got any play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got some YouTube videos where they were even taking people in that area uh, in the 40s, and late 40s, and telling them they had cancers, which they did not have, by the way. And you'll see, you'll see guys injecting a, a radioactive material into their bloodstreams di- directly and observing them casually to see what would happen to them. They lied from the beginning. They did not have cancers. And uh, the doctors were all in on it. You understand the, the level of deception and liars you have in society all working for government agencies. Yeah. I'm starting to notice that now because I, I, I was one of the ones that I... I Came up listening to hip hop. I was sort of like brainwashed, and I was brought up in the gang and, and, and drug culture. Yeah. You know, and it sort of t- kind of like brainwashed me, but I was able to also always want to seek the truth, so I was really never fail like everybody else. But now I really see what's going on. Well, hold on, we'll come back from this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. I surely jumped fast before the end of the night to Cedric from, uh, I was, I've stopped to Cedric from Chicago. Are we still there? Are you still there, Cedric? Yes, yes sir, I'm still yeah. there. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I was saying that, uh, like I, I understand the connection from the gangs, but now mm-hmm. that you see like the gangster disciple symbol is the same symbol as the uh, Israeli symbol. Isn't that ironic? And yeah, then, uh, uh, yeah. Another another gang symbol is the same five point star that's on the, uh, yeah. the Islam flag, and they use Islam literature. Yes, and I tell you an amazing thing too. Uh, someone I know, his brother worked in the FBI uh, college, and he did a survey on gang symbols, and he was astonished to find how many of most of them, in fact, all of them, were were high Freemasonic. They didn't make them themselves. Someone made these these slogans for them and the symbols for them because uh, they, they would never have known the, the the ancient occultic meanings of these symbols, uh, but somebody did it for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know because they they're not smart. And the gangs the gangs are not real smart. You can tell they just 
Like to me, I think they use them just to funnel the drugs to the people on the yeah. on the uh, to the streets, and that's what they use for. Sure, and it's well known too that even in Canada, they always use the Hell's Angels in Canada for distribution of the drugs that were flown in, of course, by the big intelligence services. And and so uh, they're all involved together, believe you me. And when they want to destroy a community, they just make sure the drugs flow freely and, and the proper drugs are delivered to bring them down fast. And then they point around to the point of all the, the, the chaos in that society and then the public get all worried about it and then laws are passed and so on. I mean, everybody is used and, and very few know it. Very few know it. Hey, before you go, I just want they had an article where one weekend we had well, 40 people got shot. They yes. got shot. Yeah. They did an one with 40 and one with 39. They did an article. They found 99% of the people charged did not go to jail. No, you know what? They didn't even get charged for the crime. Yeah. So with all them shoes, no one even got arrested or charged for the crime. Yeah. That's how you know, too, that they, they're allowing that to happen. Yeah, you're right on. They want it to happen. There was a gang in Toronto. They're all illegal immigrants, mainly from Jamaica. And they, they dropped places. They were caught, let go, caught, let go, caught, let go. And eventually they shot someone. And I, I think that's what they're waiting for was to, um, to shoot someone. Uh, it was a young white with female. It looked, looked great in the newspapers, of course. And it was all used to get the next uh, bunch of laws against uh, the gun confiscations on the go. So they, they were, you're, darn, you're darn right. These guys were caught so many times and let go. They weren't even put in prison when they, when they were caught. Remember four or five times prior to that. So they let them loose until they did what they were there to do. And they're used, yeah. yeah. It's, ama- it's amazing. It truly is amazing. It works every time. And the media gets in on the acts. And then you find the real agenda. And the real agenda is to tr- try and get every hunter's rifle registered in Canada. And that's what they used it for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Alan. I learned a lot from you, man. I'll be talking to you shortly, later, too. Sure enough. Thanks for calling. Uh, take it easy. Uh, bye now. Is, um, is Werner from Canada there? Might just get you in for us a minute. Uh, good evening, Alan. I uh, just wanted to, uh, just uh, one comment here to the previous caller, Cedric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, create always ca- chaos and with the gangs, keep them occupied. Yes. And uh, look at the, all the economic spin-off. Oh, and massive. And uh, how, yeah. many, uh, how many jobs it creates in the public service sector. And uh, with that, with the jobs that have been created, how many loyal subjects that will vote for the ones that are in power? That's right. And again, they'll put themselves up and say, we'll protect you from all this violence, which they help to bring on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like terrorism. You can't have terrorism without creating the terrorists. Same thing, they've used the gangs before for the same thing. Yeah. More law and order. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for calling. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, is good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.